Welcome to At the Crossroads Church weekly podcast. Our hope is that you will grow in your walk with God and be blessed and encouraged in your daily lives as you listen. You can visit us at our website at atthecrossroads.ca. Well, God is good. Amen. If you can't hear me, just put the radio station on. We're going to get through the word together. God is so good. So, Father, we thank you for your word today. Father, we thank you for those who are here with us and those who are joining us online. Father, we thank you that your word never returns void. It always accomplishes what it's sent forth to accomplish. So speak to our hearts today in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, amen. amen. So, amen. So we need to understand as believers that we're not saved. we are saved by grace through faith alone, not of works, lest any man shall boast. We're saved because of the finished work of the cross. Jesus died for our sins. And if we could save ourselves, we'd be able to boast of our own goodness. However, at the same time, there's a walking out or a working out of our salvation. What that means is that God looks from heaven and positionally we are righteous. He looks at you and me and he sees Jesus on the inside. He sees the life of Jesus in you and he says, he is righteous, she is righteous. Because of what Jesus did on the cross. Isn't that good news? But there is a working out of our salvation because the spirit of truth wants us to work out of our lives the life of God within. And there's that process that I want to talk to you about today. And if you'll turn with me in your Bibles, and since we don't have the big screens, you can look on your phone or you can look uh, in your actual Bible. And we'll look at 1 John chapter 1, verse 7. And it says this, verse one, uh, chapter 1, verse 7. There's a lot of wind up here. <clears throat> it says, But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus Christ's Son cleanses us from all sin. The beautiful thing about this is that cleansing happens in the walking. I want you to say that with me. Say, cleansing happens... In the walking. And so there's this process of walking out, working out your life, in your routines, in your daily schedule, in your appointments. You are walking out. You're not sitting. You're not waiting on God to change you. But you're walking out your salvation. You're walking out the goodness of God. Okay? And um, when you're walking, it means you're moving forward. How many know we need to be moving forward in life? There is a cleansing and there is fellowship one with another when we're moving forward. And so God is calling us today, especially in this hour, to be walking forward in life, filling God with our routines and having fellowship one with another. If we go back to verse 6 of chapter 1, it says this. If we say that we have fellowship with Him and walk in darkness... We lie and do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship. And so to, to walk in darkness means that the same way it's walking out in your routines, in your life, in your purpose, you're moving forward in darkness. So God has called us to move forward in the light and not in darkness. Okay? And so let's look at verse 8 to 10. Chapter 1, verse 8 to 10. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. 
If we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say we have not sinned, we make him a liar and his word is not in us. So we are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. But how many know sometimes we miss the mark? And that's what sinning is, is when we miss the mark. And the Bible says we're to love our enemies. We're to do good to those who persecute us. We're to, uh, we're, we're to love. We're to have patience and kindness and goodness. And how many know we miss the mark sometime? So for us to say that we're good in ourselves, even as believers, the Bible says the truth is not in us. So God, by his Holy Spirit, wants us to begin to work out our salvation, to walk out the righteousness that he has imparted into us, all right? And so we need to understand that we're a three-part being, say three-part. You're a spirit, you live in a body, and you have a soul, which is your mind, will, and emotions. Now, during the end of the first century here, one of the things they were dealing with was false teaching that went out of the church. And uh, we see that in chapter 2, verse 26. Chapter 2, verse 26, if you turn with me there. And it says here, These things I have written to you concerning those who try to deceive you. And so there were false teachers that went out in this day that were bringing deception to the church. And what they were doing during the end of the first century, these false teachers went out of the church, and the deception was this. These teachers taught a doctrine that was a forerunner to Gnosticism. Okay, what is that? Well, the doctrine was this. Matter, how many know we're made of matter? Everything we see is made of matter, okay? Matter is essentially evil, and the spirit is essentially good. This viewpoint caused false teachers to deny the incarnation of Christ and also the resurrection because the true God could not indwell a current material body, a corrupt material body. So how could God come and live in a corrupted body? Because all matter is evil. Therefore, the human body that Jesus possessed was not real, but only appeared to be real. So Jesus didn't have a real physical body. So this was a doctrine that was going out in this day through the false teachers. Okay? And since the evil human body is merely an envelope for the human spirit within, and since nothing the body can do can affect the inner spirit, ethic distinctions cease to be relevant, therefore we have no sin. So the spirit is saved, but you can sin with your body, and God doesn't hold you accountable because your body is evil, and there's nothing you can do about it. And so this was a heresy of the day. To say that, you know what, you can sin and you can do evil and you commit adultery with your body. You can, uh, you can steal with your hands. You can commit sin. And it's okay because you're pure as a spirit being. It's only your body that's evil. And this was a false teaching that was in the church. They also taught uh, that salvation was mental enlightenment. And that enlightenment only comes to spiritual leaders, not to ordinary Christians. And so we see, we see all of this corruption in the early church, and we still see remnants of it today in society. And so John reacts by, by declaring that there is no private revelation reserved for a few 
uh, intellectuals and that without uh, that all believers had access to the word of God, that God has given each person the spirit of adoption, that they can hear and understand the apostolic truth for themselves. Can I hear an amen? You you don't need the Watchtower Society to, to interpret the Bible for you. You don't need the Catholic Church to interpret the Bible. You don't need other faiths, religious sects to interpret the Bible. You can open it, dear children, because you have the Spirit of Grace who reveals the Spirit of Truth. Amen? So I want to say this. There's three tests. Say three tests. To prove the genuineness of our faith. Number one, the first test that we need to ask, and this is you have to test yourself, you have to ask yourself, is number one, do you believe? In um, chapter 4, verse 2, First John, John says, By this you know the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is of God. Okay? We're not talking about a Christ consciousness. We're not talking about a Jesus, the prophet. We're talking about Jesus God coming in the flesh, and if he came in the flesh, everything he spoke was truth. And every spirit that does not confess that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is not of God. And there is, and this is the spirit of Antichrist, which is now in the world. And so everyone here, I believe, and if you haven't made Jesus the Lord of your life, and confessed him as coming in the flesh, you can do that today, whether you're online or you're here in person. All you have to do is believe. So that's number one. We're going to look at the second thing. The second thing test is, are we obedient? Are we obedient? And go to John chapter 2. If you're following with me, John chapter 2, verse 3 to 6. He says, now, by this we know that we know him. How do we know if we know God? Number one, we have to believe. Number two, we have to keep his commandments. And look what it says here. He who says, I know him and does not keep his commandments is a liar, and the truth is not in him. But whoever keeps his word, truly the love of God is perfected in him. Okay? And so by this we know that we are in him. And I love this because what it's telling me here, okay, is that commands of God are love-based. Can I hear an amen? To, to fulfill the commandments of God, if the commandments of God and the life of faith is the engine that moves us forward, love is the fuel. And, and, and the Bible says here that if you keep the commandments of God, that tells everyone around you that the love of God has been perfected in you, has been matured in you. Now, I would venture to say that most of us here, if not all of us, we have Jesus in us. We're saved. We're going to heaven. But the love of God is not yet perfected in us because that only comes by revelation of truth. And Paul said, I desire that the eyes of your understanding would be open, that you would know the love, the depth of God's love, the width, the width of his love, the length of his love. And this journey of faith is so exciting because we get to know the love of God at a deeper, deeper level. And how do we keep the commandments of God if they're love-based without love? And so we've used this scripture, the church and preachers have used this scripture to bring condemnation and say, well, you're not obeying God because you don't love him. 
And that's not what the, the apostle is saying here. It's not that you don't love God, because many people love God but still sin. But it's that the love of God has not yet been perfected in them. They have not had the revelation that uh, Abba Father has, has uh, brought them into his fold and made them his own. Here's some examples of the commandments of God. Be merciful. That means you need to show forgiveness. Do not resent an evil person. Jesus has turned the other cheek. How do you do that if you don't love someone? If people want to sue you, take you to court, give them your cloak if they take your tunic. Love your enemies, bless those who curse you, do good to those who hate you, pray for those who spitefully use you and persecute you, that you may be sons of my Father in heaven. I cannot fulfill the commandments of Jesus until the love of God is being perfected in me. The reason why is uh, why would we struggle with the commandments of God? Number one, and here it is, fear of rejection and fear of accusation. Everyone under the sound of my voice, including myself, we hate to be rejected. We hate to be accused of doing wrong or accused of being a nobody. Many times we accuse ourselves of these things. But what if we were so? What if we were so? Uh, what if we were so aware of God's love that rejection and accusation wouldn't matter? If we look at. Chapter 4, verse 17 to 19. John chapter 4. I'm staying in the book of John because it's so full of truth. Uh, verse 17 to 19. Love has been perfected among us in this, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment, because as he is, so are we in this world. There is no fear... I'm going to say, of rejection and accusation and other things, in love. But perfect love casts out fear because fear involves torment. But he who fears has not been made perfect in love. We love him because he first loved us. And that's what love does. You know, I was talking to a guy this week, and uh, he was telling me about how he was abused as a child by, by an older friend. And he was so gripped and so wounded and so hurt that he, he asked God to give him grace to forgive. And he was trying, there's a process of, of if you've been abused, to, to, forget, to forgive is, is it's not easy, but God commands us to do it. And there's a process to do that. And uh, so this guy was having, you know, dealing with forgiving his friend. And he was seeking the Lord for the love of God. And God brought him into a vision. And he went into the vision and he saw his abuser being abused by an uncle. And he saw the pain and the torment on this boy who abused him, that his heart began to bleed with compassion for the person who assaulted him. And he was able to forgive and realize that he was not going to continue what the enemy wanted to continue, but he was going to offer forgiveness. And this is what it is. When we have a revelation of the love of God, we could be like Jesus who stood on the cross and said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. So I want to talk about briefly here the third thing. So the first one was we need to believe. The second one 
is we have to be obedient. And the third one is we need to love one another. In chapter 4, verse 7 to 10, if you're following along, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God, and everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. He who does not no, he who does not love does not know God, for God is love. In this, the love of God was manifested towards us, that he sent his Son into the world, to be appropriation for our sins. And we know that. But he says, let us love one another. Here's, uh, we go down to verse 20 and 21, if you're flipping with me there. If someone says, I love God and hates his brother, he is a liar. For he who does not love his brother whom he has seen, how can he love God who he has not seen? And this commandment we have from him, that he who loves God must love his brother also. What I'm saying to you today, if you find resentment and hatred and hurt and bitterness in your heart towards a brother or sister in the Lord or a natural brother or sister or anyone for that matter, you need to seek God for a baptism of love. You need to say, God, I need your love. I cannot do this in my own strength. I need your love, God, to fill me so that I can be a conduit of your love so I can deal with unforgiveness. I can deal with the bitterness. I can deal with the pain. Because God wants us to walk down the street and everybody who sees us goes, here comes love. Love is patient and kind. Amen? And so... That's what God is calling us to in these days. And so here's the thing. There's five ways to show love, and I'm just going to go through them briefly here. Number one, five ways we can show love practically. Take the time to listen is number one. Take the time to listen. Today's Generation Z, uh, they say that um, you know they're the, the most connected in communication through Facebook and Twitter and um social media and emails it's all at a fingertip however they're the most lonely generations research shows are the most lonely generation because they, they they need that one-on-one -on -one connection they need people to listen to hear them and to care for them not just people's opinions but they need to connect with people's hearts and so god is calling us to be a, a people who listen especially to the next generation to hear them without judgment so then we can impart the truth of God's word. Can I hear an amen? So the second thing, second way we can show the love of God is take the time to encourage. God wants us to be encouragers. You know, always remember this. Everyone is carrying some kind of burden. Some people carry it really, really well. Some of the people you think have it all together, if you build some relationship, they'll begin to open up and say, I'm carrying a burden. They have a loved one that's sick. They have a situation they're dealing with at work. They have a financial difficulty. And you know what? God has called us to have encouragers around us. You know, I remember when I was younger, there was a group of friends I hung out with. And I kind of came into this group, and there was this one guy who was kind of off a bit. He just was always quiet, didn't talk. And I, I always wondered, why is this guy here? But as he never spoke, but when he spoke, it was a word of encouragement. 
and say, hey, man, you're awesome. I really like, you know, you're really good at that. Or I like the way you dress. You know, your hair looks good. And so we kept the guy around because he was an encourager. How many know if you don't have friends, just become an encourager and people will welcome you in? Can I hear an amen? So the five things. Number one, take the time to listen. Take the time to encourage. And number three is show God's love with generosity. You know, there's something that will help people forgive. And that is when you're generous. You know, last week... I got a confession. Honey, just block your ears. So um, <laughs> now she's perked up. I woke her up. Okay. So I'm going through the drive-thru in Belleville. I told my wife I wouldn't eat out. So here I am going through the drive-thru at Taco Bell. There it goes. All right. It's all right. So I'm going through the drive-thru, and I realize I'm not supposed to be eating out. So I'm going to back up, but oh no, there's somebody behind me. So we know that can't fix the problem now. I'm going through the drive-thru, and there's a guy in front of me, and he's all giddy, and he's laughing. He's got his convertible down. He's, he's talking to everyone. He's really friendly. And he comes up to the window. I've been waiting 25 minutes. And he starts talking, and he has one of those orders that is like six pages long. And then he changes it three times. And I'm sitting there going, like, I'm getting impatient. I this guy's really, like, I'm, he's ordering, like, you know, I'll have one sandwich, and I'll have this, and I'll have that, and have this. And, oh, oh, but can you make that a combo? And it went on and on and on and on. And so he pulls up to the window. I just ordered a little snacky thing, right, uh, not a big meal. And I was going through. And the guy in front of me, he realized that, you know what, maybe I was, you know, irritating everybody in line. And he paid for my burrito. Isn't that awesome? He goes, I want to cover, can I cover the guy behind me? Can I cover his burrito, right? So he, he covered my meal, right? And suddenly I was like irritated and ready to get out of the car, you know, and tell him that, you know, he should be more organized. Suddenly I was like, I like that guy. Amen? And I had a guy, and many of you heard this story, I had a guy who stole from me all the time at work, and he stole tools from me. And I said, God, what am I going to do about it? He said, go give him some of your tools. So I, I went, I didn't want to do it. I said, no, God, get behind me, Satan, all this stuff. But then I realized it was God. And I brought a couple of tools that I was given. I gave, put them on his bench. He said, what are these for? I said, I just wanted to bless you and give you something. And the next day I came into my toolbox was full of tools again. He gave them all back, right? And, and so God is good. And if we learn to be generous and we learn to encourage uh, and we learn to encourage and we learn to give with generosity. God is pleased with that. Okay? So, number four, take the time to pray for others. Not only in your personal prayer time, but right there and then. I've learned to do this. You guys, if anyone struggles with the fear of just stepping out and sharing your faith, this is the best way to do it. Say, can I pray with you? And they say, yes. And go, okay, let's do it right now. And I've never seen someone say no. They're like, Okay, and they bow their head, and you say a little prayer, and the presence of God shows up. Amen? And it changes things. Okay? And so it's a great doorway to evangelism. And number five, show love with acts of kindness. Look for ways this week to have random acts of kindness, uh, and all this requires some thoughtfulness. What can I do that is really kind um, to really bless somebody? You know, we, we had an, uh, an altercation. We had a, an issue with 
someone in our neighborhood and uh, not getting along with us. And there should, you know, we had every reason to be upset, but we went over there and gave them a gift card from Tim Hortons and a Mother's Day card. And, you know, because, you know what, we're going to do everything we can that's possible to be at peace with everyone. Because ultimately, we want everyone to get to heaven. We want everyone to see the love of God. We want the grace of God to flow in the lives of people. Amen? So, God is good. So those are the five things this week. I want you to look for ways you can encourage people, that you pray for people, all right? That you do acts of kindness. Just get involved in showing the love of God. And so I'm going to pray for you as the worship team comes up. Father, I pray for everyone here that's online, everyone who uh, is here at the drive-in. God, I pray, God, that we would have such a deep revelation of your love. That we'd be so aware of your love for us that your acceptance of us will drive out all rejection, all fear of accusation. Because you say we're accepted in the Beloved. And Father, I thank you, Lord, that we have an opportunity to, to keep your commandments. And if we struggle with your commandments, your word says it's not burdensome. We don't have to try harder to keep them. We need to fall more in love with you. So God, I pray that the eyes of our understanding would be enlightened, that we would know the width, the depth, the height of your love for us in Jesus' name. God, would you bring that revelation on your people? We want to know your love to such a place that it's perfected in us and we grow in it and we share it with the world. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. And one last thing before the, the team plays, uh, I just want to say, if you have not made Jesus the Lord of your life, all you have to do is call upon the name of the Lord Admit that you've sinned. Sin just means you've missed the mark. You have, have done evil in your life, contrary to what the Word of God says. The Bible says don't lie, don't steal, don't commit adultery. You know, There's a list the ten, called the Ten Commandments, the Big Ten. And we've all violated them, one of them at least. At one point in our life, we've all sinned, and we need God's forgiveness. We need the forgiveness of a holy God. And so if you're here and you need forgiveness... If you're here and you need to know that if you were to die today, you'd go to be with Jesus. If you need to know that, the Spirit of God is drawing you right now. I want you to pray this prayer with me right now. Say, Heavenly Father, thank you for sending Jesus to die for me. You showed your love by giving. Holy Spirit, come and live in my life and forgive me for my sins. Jesus, be the Lord of my life. Change me from the inside out. And let your love take up residence in my heart. I want your love to flow to everyone around me. The people that are in fear. That all fear would be driven out because of the love of God that passes all understanding, God. I pray for this in Jesus' name. You know, I, I was really just seeking the Lord and thinking about those in the past who have given their life. If you study church history, many people were martyred for their faith. And it wasn't just because they prayed to Jesus or they called Jesus Lord. But they were asked to give up the love that they had found in God. And they're like, you know what? 
You know, the love is, is, is beyond anything you could ever understand. I'd rather die than give up the intimacy and the clarity of mind and the clarity of heart and the clarity of spirit and the joy and the assurance of salvation. I'd rather die physically than give that up because that's what the world needs. They need an assurance. They need to know in the depth of their soul that they're saved, that they're sanctified, that they're going to heaven, that they're loved by God, and that they're not a failure. And that's what God is saying today. He's saying, I poured out my spirit upon you so that you would be filled with joy, that you would know the hope of your calling, that you belong to heaven, and you're bringing heaven to earth. In Jesus' name. Let's sing this song, and as we sing it, let the Holy Spirit come down upon you. If you need healing in your body, I just declare healing come. If you need forgiveness, let it come. If there's spirit of rejection or accusation, let the love of God drive it out right now. Because you're loved by God, you're loved by us, and the kingdom of God is coming. Amen? Honk if you're happy. Thank you for listening. We hope that you enjoyed our message. If you are in the Quinty West area, we would love to have you visit us on Sunday morning at 24 Dundas Street West, Trenton, Ontario. Check out our service times on our website at atthecrossroads.ca.